Coming live from Toronto, Canada is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you're watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Tracy Lemory, founder of Lemory Media Inc. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Hello, I'm thrilled to be here. Hello to you and hello to the audience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just a little inspiration into people's businesses. Right, right. In fact, it is such an important business and such a crucial part of marketing, though, you know. So we'll have to see how we can provide much, much value through you. So, uh, Tracy, straightway to you, uh, from you, you know, the biggest question that people have at the moment, any, any company, client, or whoever is to how to get uh, top media attention for their brand and, their, and for their message. So how do you manage all these expectations in your part of the world? Just tell us about that. Give us Managing an expectations is a huge part of it. But, you know, I always hear from people, oh, I paid a PR company and I didn't get this or that. I'm always very upfront. This is what I know I can get you right now. This is what we're going to be looking at. This is our strategy. This is what we'll be expecting later. So, yeah, it's, you know, figuring out what, you know, where we're going to go and what we can do is huge. But I always say some people think you have to start small and build to the big media. There's no such thing as that. I look at all of it, small, big, large, as long as it's well done and on brand, you know, I pitch to it. And I've got, I, well, I always tell the story of one client, 26 years old, a life coach, no real, no media experience and nothing to differentiate herself from, you know, a million other life coaches. She hired me and no word of a lie. The very next day I got her an interview with Good Housekeeping magazine, the print magazine that's on like every newsstand in the world, in the English speaking world. And she was interviewed by them and ended up getting a, a story, a cover story. Her face wasn't on the cover, but the, you know, the, the storyline was on the cover. And from there we've been, you know, literally we built her career on that. She got all kinds of other speaking engagements and articles calling her a mental health champion. That's just one example. But um, just to back it up a little, you know, we started here assuming that people know they, they can get media. I mean, everybody wants the media attention, but a lot of entrepreneurs in my experience that I talk to, small business owners, don't really conceive of themselves or picture themselves or understand that they could be in the media, that, that it's not advertising. It's not, you know, we're not talking about you buying a feature. We're talking about you getting interviewed as the expert on television, radio, in magazines and newspapers you know, editorial, not advertorial. And I always start, you know, a little thing I heard recently, which kind of explains the difference between PR, marketing and advertising, because there's a lot of people that have a confusion between those. And I always say, as entrepreneurs, we all think about advertising and marketing, but a lot of us, and if we haven't, you know, been exposed to it, aren't thinking about PR, which is a huge uh, thing that you know keeps us down here while the big companies are up here because there's not a major corporation in the entire world, no matter what they do, that doesn't have a PR or communications department, a, a huge department or at least a publicist. So leveling the playing field for entrepreneurs is what I do. But so real quick, the difference between PR, marketing and advertising, the best way I've ever heard it described is, and I can't remember, it must have been a publicist who said this, but it was a, a quote, if you Google it, well, you'll find the name. Um, but he, he explained it this way. He said, 
advertising is if you know, a young man and a woman are on a date and the young man tells the young woman how smart and accomplished he is mm -hmm. and clever he is. That's advertising. If the young man and the woman are on the date and he tells her how beautiful and smart she is, that's marketing because he's saying the right things to the right person. You know, PR is when somebody else tells that young woman how awesome that young man is. So you see the difference, right? So PR is, you know, we hear the words that we hear today in the digital world are, are thought leadership, you know, that, and just building your personal brand. You know, I don't necessarily love those phrases, but that's the only way I mean, they express something well, that you are the brand, what's in here, you have the knowledge. As you said, I've been on over 200 panels and podcasts and speaking engagements. And that's just since, you know, a year and a half ago through through COVID when I decided to get some knowledge out because I was stuck in the house and couldn't be traveling. And, you know, that that's my expertise. But no matter what your expertise is, whether you're a you know doctor, lawyer, a landscaper, a pest control expert, a real estate agent, a, I've literally had clients in all those fields, and SEO expert, a just a, a marketing guy. You know, no matter what it is you do, there are media opportunities for you. Some are in the mainstream where they're talking about what you do. Others are you know niche in your publications. Others are in blogs that might have five million viewers a day. You know, or podcasts or so all these ways finding these opportunities to take 20 minutes here or there you know or take an hour like i'm doing here like i always recommend to all my clients do do the podcasts that are on brand as well as doing the major media the major television the major because then what happens you do a half an hour of talking or an hour of talking have a great conversation you have a platform where you have the ability to um you know, show show what you know so that people listening are like, oh, I'd like to work with that person. And then somebody else puts it together, packages it, puts it online, links to you. Right. You know, it's a good, it's a win-win, you know? So do all those things and then you'll find a year later. So it's investing in yourself, investing in that little bit of time, investing in the, and this is worth it whether you're an entrepreneur, but also if you're an executive, why is it important if you're in corporate life to do that? Well, this makes you, you know, the most valuable player. Of course, you know, anything where if you're the guy that's quoted in Forbes and an entrepreneur and in whatever, and, you know, well, obviously that's going to impress your bosses, your next potential employers, your potential clients. And here's the important thing, too. One of my clients literally, this is this is no PR spin, literally said to me after six weeks of working together, you've changed my business and my life. And when I was like, well, I get a lot of accolades, but that's a pretty big one. Why? Mm -hmm. She said, uh, you've made investors take us more seriously. She had just passed her pre-seed funding and they were going into their seed funding. So think about that. You know, even as a customer, if I'm talking to somebody and I'm going to go do business with them, after I read all the nice things they say about themselves on their socials and their website, I'm going to go to that thing called Google and Google and see what I find. And if only there's nothing on there but what they say, I'm like, eh, even as a customer, if I'm an investor about to drop a million dollars, I certainly want to see some, you know, so think about the difference between your Google the company to invest in them and you only see their deck and their stuff, or you Google this company to invest in them. And there you see their, you know, founder being called a disruptor, being you know, spoken of here and being interviewed in this in Australia and in Canada and the U.S. And so now you're going to be like, oh, wow, you know, they haven't even got this funding. And they're already getting, you know, getting interest. 
And so that, again, that's not advertising. And usually for half the price of you know what you're going to buy a big ad for that everybody knows is an ad, you can get a publicist for like a whole month actively working for you, looking for media opportunities, pitching you to media. And it's not just, and then I'll let you ask the next question. These things are just so important for people to understand. But it's not just sending out a press release. You know, we, we write compelling press releases and send out a press release and media advisory, not just on the wire, but you know, to thousands of contacts to, to, in the hopes that they'll, you know, it'll generate interest in them to write a story. But then with the publicist, and this is where I'll give you some tips on how you can do it yourself. There's also a whole bunch of resources but you know, I have to know how to use them right and present yourself and not be advertorial. But so how to deal with media that is looking for editorial. But there's a whole bunch of resources. I spend two or three hours a day going through everything from help a reporter out to source bottle in Australia to press hunt to um, quoted, which I pay $200 a month for, to hashtag journal request, to all these places where reporters who are already going to be doing a story, I call it the opposite of a press release are looking for people to fit in those stories. So that's how to, you know, when you're reading Reader's Digest or you're reading, you know, House and or whatever you're reading, you know, Entrepreneur or blah, 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 they're, they're talking about whatever they're talking about, then all of a sudden they're blah, 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 says Bob the, you know, and where do they get these people? Most of the time they do a call out. You know, they're not calling all, they're doing a media call out, looking for a media friendly real estate agent. Every single day, there are real estate agent opportunities. Looking for a media friendly financial person. Looking for, and these opportunities, my friend, are international. I'm in Canada. I've offered, a, I've entered a billion all around the world. You know, I have clients in Dubai and Colorado and Florida and the US and literally, you know, like all over the world. And it doesn't matter. I, you know, one or two things might say UK only or America only or looking for Canadian. But that's, the, you know, most of the time they're just looking for the information. And it really doesn't matter even if you have a, you know, a, a shop on a street in New Delhi and your only, comp your only business is in New Delhi. Still, to be competitive with your other guys on your street in New Delhi, if you have a global brand and they come and Google you and see that all over the world are coming to you, asking you to, then obviously you're the one that's going to choose. So this is, you know, with literally very little investment in terms of comparing to advertising or, you know, in a lot of time. And, you know, if you have more time than money, you know, maybe you want to put some time into learning how to craft the perfect pitch and find out the, you know, find these resources and, you know, really spend time with this and, that, and you can do that. That's how I built my brand. Or if you have a little bit of funding, you come to someone like me, I work internationally, and uh, <laughs> that that was advertorial. The rest was it's a perfect example. The rest was at editorial, where I'm explaining, you know, the business. And then when I'm like, come to me. So that's where you see the difference. And when you're reaching out to an editor, you're not you don't want to be advertorial. It's not about you. It's about your knowledge that you can share. Like for example, I had a, a contractor, housing contractor company. And they were like, can you get me media? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. It turned out we had more media for them than any other client that month. There was daily things. And, but what I had to teach them how to respond because one of them, Reader's Digest, was literally doing a thing about how to, you know, um, problems people run into when renovating, you know, their bathrooms and stuff. So they were looking for tips from experts. So I was telling him, you need to give me like a paragraph with a tip. So it's like, you know, Bob from Bob's Home Repair says, you know, when you're pulling out your toilet, make sure you put the little ring in or whatever. That's what they were looking for, a tip, right? Instead, he sent a message saying, 
It's really difficult to renovate your bathroom, so instead just call Bob's Home Repair. <laughs> we are what Reader's Digest is not going to print that. So you, that's where a perfect, like a bad example, but a good example of what you're looking for when you're dealing with editorial, not advertorial. So as long as you have a nice bio that's compelling about why you are the Christian speech, you not the same as your your uh, resume, but talks about why you're a compelling speaker and why you speak on this and that. You know, if you're a lawn guy, why you speak on you know, what pest control people should be looking at. So think about things you have that you know that is interesting to the general population. And that's where you create your pitch and make some media magic. Right, Tracy, right. Uh, a big problem is of, you know, generating more business. So at times of pitching, sometimes, you know, you have to promise certain things. But the clients may misunderstand it or they may have high expectations as they go, go along. Bigger clients still have a name on which you can build a story or messaging. But smaller clients or consultants, somebody who does not have that equity in the media, they will need time to be built. And many of them do not have the patience. Your competitors might promise them, listen, they will not be able to do, we will be able to do it. Any of people do not have that patience. So how does your team manage different clients and different client expectations as well as maintaining and keeping the business very much with you? How does it work? What are the tips for other PR agencies that anywhere, it's, it's a global show, so it's going everywhere. Yeah. But majorly a lot of Indian companies are there and uh, you know, Indian public relations firm out there, they can learn yeah. some special tips from, from you. So I always find, I never take on a client, you know, without knowing in my head, I already have a few ideas of where I'm going to go. So I always say to them, this, this is going to go a couple of ways. I mean, this is, this is the way it's going to go. The first few hours that I'm working, I, I'm very confident that I'm going to be able to get you some things that I know that I, in my head, I'm not going to name them which ones they are. Cause I always say, unless I own that media, you know, something could happen. I could have got all my clients in up to now, but all of a sudden tomorrow, you know, somebody switches. And don't. So that any particular media source, I don't say, Oh yeah, I'll get you on the cover of that by Friday, which I hear a lot of publicists do. And I, I think that's the problem. You know, don't do that. Even if you know that you just tell them, I'll get you on something on the level of this, this, and this, this is what you can expect. Or I have certain things that I, that I won't say on air, but you know, reporters that I deal with, you know, editors that I deal with that depending what you do, if you're a business person, I pretty, and you, whether you've got a public profile or not, you own a business, you have knowledge, you know what you're doing. You've got, you know, I always tell people the same confidence that you have that to put up your little shingle and take people's money, whatever your business is, PR or whatever, that's the same confidence you have to, you know, to think to speak about it. But in terms of for running a PR company, I always say to them, so the, I know in the first few days, I'm going to have some things for you. That's a fact. Or I wouldn't be taking it on. I'm going to be sending you a few things. You're going to be working on the answers for some written interviews, some print interviews. I'm probably going to have you in Australia, TV interview, a couple of these things you're going to have right away. Already you've paid the value for your month way more than if you bought, you know, if I didn't find one more thing. But I am going to find other things because now we're going to do the research. And that's why it depends on the client. If there's somebody that wants to have more speaking engagements, for example, maybe I'll be focusing more on finding them speaking engagements, you know, than media. Because either way, to me, it's the whole, even you know, 
their whole public image. To me, anything that look, makes their bio look good, which is media or speaking engagements, I'll help them pop. So maybe they want to do that. If they want to, um, but on the media side, I'll be looking at, I mean, all those, like I said, I spent hours and hours a day looking, combing the world for those opportunities. And if I don't find them, I find other ones. And, you know, the whole, my clients are global and I make them understand that, you know, we want those things where we can say, like, again, even if you only operate in Toronto or in New Delhi, we want to be able to say internationally quoted, globally renowned. So no matter what you do, you're the, law, again, you're the lawn care guy, you know, you're the globally renowned lawn care guy because you've been interviewed in Australia and you've been interviewed in, you know, the Utah newspaper and you've been, in, so that's, what, and then once you get one or two of those and if you have someone, and this is where it's a talk, you know, like take, and it, it can become a problem for an employee who wants to do it themselves, or not an employee, sorry, uh, entrepreneur, whoever wants to do it themselves, because at some point, or creative, at some point you, you stop, do, you, you're going to be spending a whole lot of time doing PR, you know, if you are learning to do PR and doing the research that I do to find these, but, or some of the stuff that I already know because I do it every day, you'll be trying to reinvent the wheel, spending hours when you're not doing what you love doing. So if you're creative, you're not doing your filmmaking stuff because you're busy learning how to promote it. If you're a, you know, no matter what your business is, you're busy promoting it half the time instead of, so that's where you've got to find that balance. Some people that's, that's okay because, you know, they have more time, like I said, than money. And so they're just doing it all themselves. And that's one more thing they can learn to do themselves, spend a couple hours a day and see what comes through. But again, if you're, you know, have more money than time, look into it. And, you know, particularly PR can be expensive. You know, I should say, if you just call a random PR company, like marketing, anybody who deals with marketing, you know, it's like a, you call somebody, you want to do a three-month marketing plan, it's a $10,000, you know, three months, three months minimum, 3000 whatever. So in order to, um, because I do, I, I don't do that. I mean, I do that for corporate. <laughs> I'm at the top of my game, so I charge the, the high, you know, prices for the high thing, guys. But... Big buy because I do so much international speaking, global speaking, and just speaking to entrepreneurs, authors, solopreneurs, and getting them excited about doing this. I know because I remember very clearly being a young entrepreneur not long ago. And also, you know, even if you have that money, you're not necessarily, if you're not familiar with it, don't know where you're going to get back from it, you're not necessarily going to want to throw $10,000 of it. You know, you have this much money and you're throwing this much of it on something that's unproven. So I make sure I'm not trying to be advertorial here, I'm just trying to explain. This is important for people that understand what price points are because they can be off-putting. You can call and go, gee, I really love PR, but I can't do that. So because I don't want to have all the people that I'm educating and passionately speaking to and getting all excited about it go, oh, well, I can't do that, I literally put together a whole bunch of different price point packages. And I don't know what other publicists do. I encourage you to call them too. You know, maybe they have also. I don't know. But, you know, I put together all kinds of price points where I have like a junior kind of get your feet wet into PR option and for that you can expect this this and this and it's at a price point that almost any entrepreneur can afford or if they can't afford today can afford you know next month you know i literally make it so they can try they can at least get those basics that are so important like they can get this interview an article here about themselves and then if that's all they could do well heck at least they can put in their bio as featured in whatever as seen in you know and one guy i want to mention too one of my while i'm talking to india i have a client um, from India, I'm, I'm talking internationally, but I know it. he's international too, but like he came from India. They can't remember the name of the village, a small village in India somewhere, but Bimal Patel, I'm so proud of him. He owns, and he already owned like eight hotels in Louisiana when I came on, but he hired because he's well known for speaking out for fair franchising. So he owns all these hotels with the different big brands. 
And he got an award from AHOA, which is the Asian American Hotel Owners Association, which actually owns like 50%, like their members own like something like 40, 50% of hotels in America. And he got an award from them. I can't remember the exact name of the award, but you know, for speaking out about that. And then recently in this part, this that was just through his work. But this next one is and a perfect example of what PR can do because we started working together in January. We got him a ton of media, including articles and associated press, which went into like 200 uh, papers around the world, literally or more being quoted about hotels and breakfast and the supply chain and all kinds of things. Well, then he got, and I, and then awards. I also find awards for my client, like pitch, you know, research awards and pitch them to, well, I'd, spent like two hours, six months ago, pitching him to a bunch of awards with the strength of all those articles we've gotten. And we just got, and this is huge, he just was um, named from the International uh, Hospitality Association or something like that, the one of the top 100 most powerful people in US hospitality. And that is giant. So now you put that on the resume, now he's gonna get everything forever, all the media, everything. He can now talk to anybody who wants to know anything about hotels, supply chain, how hotels are dealing with, about leadership and business, and hiring. He's getting all these spots now from, you know, from television spots to whatever, because we got these articles, got him speaking about that, build that thought leadership, got the award, all from literally, and he pays, you know, and literally I pay, I, you know, I think I charge him, I have a sliding scale, he pays by the hour, I charge him like 50 bucks an hour or something. Some people I pay 150, some people pay me, you know, $500 for a month. And it, it all depends what I'm doing for them specifically. Like it can be, because a month could be three hours a week, you know, or it could be 20 hours a week of really intensive work. So every project is different, but I absolutely, I think everybody should, and I hope others do, and I'm not sure, but I really, you know, um, that I, I make sure that it's not like if you hear something and you like it, you're like, kind of like to try it. But I heard PR is crazy expensive. It is like marketing, but I literally make sure there's price points that are not. So you can get in and you're like, wow, why didn't I do this before? Oh my God. And inevitably they keep on hiring me or, or they hire me for a month. We get a bunch of PR, we stop. And then, you know, six months later, they have a project and they're like, Hey, I want to do that again. And, you know, so that's, you're not like hiring an employee. You know, it's like project-based. Right. Right, Tracy. Now, you see, you can easily say, uh, tell your clients that PR is expensive and please know that and be ready to pay. But in India, uh, several clients are there. They don't want to pay. And with COVID, there has been a lot of strain on the public relations industry. So companies have been facing problems and they wanted to keep their clients and even they were, there were cost cuts and all that stuff. Now, in a situation like this, and even when there is a normal situation, a lot of clients do not understand the effort that a PR agency takes. So how do you keep just keep maintain your clients with you so that they renew? And at the same time, you tell them, listen, it's going to cost a quite a bit of money. People don't understand it. They, they have all the demands from a PR agency, but when the time comes to pay well, they just simply say, uh, you know, as if they are ignorant about everything. How do you 
do that at your end and ask for the correct price. Yeah, I think it's because, and you know, we've had that, I, don't, I mean, India, I mean, around the world too, in terms of COVID, especially in companies cost cutting and everything. I think it's really, really, really key to not be like so quick to sign the contract. Oh yeah, yeah, we can do all that. And I think that's the problem is people are eager, too eager, scared that if they're like, hold up, this is what I want you to understand about the process. They're afraid the person's going to take off and go to the next fast talker who's going to promise them the world, take a lot of money and not give them any because that's happened so but you know develop like you know just be honest this is what pr is extremely valuable if it was quick and cheap it would not be valuable if it was quick and cheap and everybody could do it for 50 bucks tomorrow like i laugh tonight i, I have to educate these kind of clients or i do not take them on where they're like you know, I want to be, I've already got an article. I've already written my article. I've literally seen this. I've already written my article. My budget, this wasn't a client. It's someone looking for a publicist, right? They're like, I've already written the article. Uh, my budget is $150. I want you to get it in. Can you get it in Rolling Stone for me? Number one, you are not a journalist. You cannot write an article and get it in Rolling Stone magazine for any money. Every journalist in the world would love to be published there. You can't just write a piece about your business. It doesn't work that way. So first thing is educating the client. This is what we do. We find legitimate media opportunities for you that are worth a lot and they will elevate your business. You get one of them. I could spend a week trying to find them, you know, and then I get one and it's a national television thing. And boom, that credibility of you being in there. Like I had one client who I lived, she paid me probably way back in the day when I was starting, she probably paid me $250 for like two weeks of work or something. And, and in one hour of that, I pitched her, you know, in 10 minutes of an hour after I wrote something, I pitched her to a radio station. She got an interview. So think about how much you pay for a 30 second radio spot if you're buying an ad, right? On a real, like, on a major station in a, you know, millions of people listening. She got, instead of that 30 second spot, she would have paid however much money for. She was interviewed for half an hour and then they took calls from people, which she continued. After that, the host A had her back on, you know, again, because it went so well. Her, her business where she charged $100 an hour for phone calls or whatever, you know, her consultancy, she couldn't, she got um, like tons of calls that week. It didn't stop. You know, and what did she pay a publicist for like that little, that was me 10 minutes of that $250 that she had paid me for that. When I look back five years later, do you know, she'd been on the show like every year they still had her on, you know? And so, and then there's that, so basically it can take a lot of work because that could happen in five minutes when I send that first email, or it could take me five days of research to hit that. But when you get that one thing, it's, it's something that you cannot buy. You can pay me for my time, but you cannot buy that thing. So, and I always say, again, if it was that easy, if it was a matter of throwing 200 bucks and two hours of publicist work, every single entrepreneur in this world would be on the cover of, of Forbes. Right. <laughs> you know, right. and, we, and, our, and, we, and it'd be worthless. It would mean nothing like an ad does, you know, an ad is good. Like I see it, it has, this, but in terms of building that respect where your mother, your father, your brother, your business partner, your clients are like, wow, I saw you in the news. It's priceless. <laughs> so that's right. what you have to understand. So basically manage the expectation at the beginning, be like, don't be like promising in the world when you know you're not going to deliver. Don't do that. Promise what you know you've got in your pocket 
and then make darn sure you're not just saying it, but you're like me because I work sometimes I work 18 hours a day because I've got a bunch of clients that you are doing the research. You're not just having three little things that you send your email. The work, I mean, I think a lot of public companies don't do because I hear, I think they just don't do. I've heard from people that, you know, I hired a PR company, they didn't do anything for me. And, you know, you do so much more. I'm not putting my own horn. I didn't go to school for this. I think that's the key. I learned how to do this. So I do for my clients what I would do for my business as long as it's in that realm of what the public sees and what may, basically, again, my criteria is does it make their bio look better? If it makes their bio look better and makes them more powerful player, that's, you know, that's in my, in my realm. So PR companies that want to keep your clients go the extra mile, be international. Don't be just, don't sit on your laurels and just think, you know, I have this one. I have that one. I can get them in there. Look everywhere. Look in Canada, look in Australia, look in when I know there's PR companies that charge way more than I do. Then they're, they're people, they fire them. People come and hire me and they're like, Oh my God. In a week, you've got me all this. This stuff is available. Don't, you know, get too confident that you know it all already. Keep on looking every day for new opportunities. Find them. Some clients just want SEO, you know, digital PR, and they're happy with just a little backlink. Other ones want the cover of the Rolling Stone. And people, make sure you they, you understand what they want before you sign on the dotted line and make sure that they have realistic expectations. And then I always get paid first. Right, right, Tracy. Now you see the the marketing people think that PR is only a small part of that whole uh, <clears throat> wheel. But you hold a view that public uh, relations and media are more important than marketing. Uh, what? Uh, how would you convince them on this part? It's a very important be more important. Part. Than I, I can understand it. But how do you, uh, I want to hear from you, yeah. how exactly, you know. Yeah. Like I get, I mean, I'm not saying you don't need marketing or advertising. Though I personally, I, I if you Google my name, Tracy Lamar, he's right there, wherever, there. You Google that, you'll see that I'm everywhere, everywhere. I mean, I've got yes. on television, radio, newspapers, podcasts, panels. i got two speaking engagements today, uh, um, travel today, uh, requests. So um, I have never, ever, ever, ever spent a penny in advertising, except for, oh, sorry, recently, I the $300 because they were there to, to go on the cover of a magazine instead of being in it. They were like, hey, we can do, give you the cover for the layout cost. And I was like, oh, okay. So literally in 10 years of international work, global client, I have honestly never spent one penny in any kind of advertising, none. I've done all of this just on the power of spending my time talking about what I know and you know finding those opportunities and researching them. And I cannot tell you how much that's elevated my business. And so I have not needed any advertising. However, obviously, if you're selling something like a product or whatever, I'm not saying you're not going to have any marketing or advertising. You you know like that'll have its place. But in terms of building. You know, like, well, I, I would say it's more important, at least as important and more important in some ways. When you're marketing, you're advertising, you're marketing this pen or the book or your project or your or even your company. People come to me to market any of those things. And that's what I help them with. But I also say to them, you are marketing your book your, or you're selling your book, your company, your product or whatever. I I'm selling you. I don't end up really knowing or caring what, what your market numbers are or what you end up. I, I know it's working because you're coming back to me and it's obviously a value or you wouldn't. But 
I don't sell, like I'm not interested really in terms of my business and my, my brain track in how much you're selling because that's going to happen as a result of the visibility I get you and whatever you, you know. So I am selling you so that whatever you do now or in the future, so now because you're selling that book or now you're selling your company or now you're selling whatever, but maybe tomorrow or, you know, maybe you're, like, maybe you're in corporate and you're selling a book right now. Maybe one day you're going to start a business you're not even thinking of. But what we're doing now, we are just elevating you so no matter what you do, you are a player. So you are have been... Uh, and it's not us doing it. Like I always say, we're the, my husband describes it well. He was my business partner. We're the frame. So, you know, like we elevate and celebrate the amazing work other people are doing and show the world. We frame it, put it on the wall, show you, have you seen this? You know, so you got, you're doing all, all the amazing things already. You just need people to see it, whether it's people in your field, whether, you know, so you can get on those award stages. And like I always say, the only difference between you, any of you entrepreneurs listening, and the people that are on the award stages or the people that are on the TV, the only difference is they're the one that made themselves known to media, whether media somehow saw them or, you know, they reached out to media with a story or they or they followed up on these things I told you about where you can see them looking. That's the only difference. They don't, media doesn't go, you know, when you see a real estate agent quoted, they didn't go far and wide, talk to 50 agents to find that very best real estate agent. That's the perception when you're on television. That must be the top guy in the field. Well, it's just the guy that made himself known. So make yourself known, get out there. And again, use that same confidence that you have. This is for the entrepreneur, not the publicist, but even publicists. Do it for yourself too, man. <laughs> like I spend 90% of my time doing my work for my clients and then 10% of my time promoting my own business and myself so that I'm elevated because when I'm elevated, it opens more doors for me, which opens more doors for my clients. So there's a million publicists out there that are working, but they're not building their own personal brand. So how can anybody know that you know what you're talking about? Build your own brand too. I know we're crazy busy, especially when you, but take a little time, put an hour, put it in your day. Pitch yourself for that hour to speak about what you talk about, to, to answer those, you know, speaking engagements, because that's important as well. And it's not just, you know, taking time out for yourself, because, again, um, a thousand doors have opened for me. Like, you know, now I'm a con accredited publicist, con film festival. So now I can do so much more for my clients in film than I ever could do before. Like this, as opposed to five hours of research to find it, a message, it's like click, click, click on this special thing, I'm connected, boom, you know? So get yourself out there. And it's, you know, media, there's a million, free, and you know, I always think of it, I've said this on a podcast before, but if you remember those old I Love Lucy shows, where they'd be in front of like a, a factory thing and then all this stuff would be going by really fast and they're trying to grab them. I always see that like, most entrepreneurs on that thing is a million media opportunities they could be grabbing, but they're just ignoring them. They're literally like, oh, la, la, and they're free. Do you want to be in Reader's Digest? Do you want to be in Forbes? Do you want to be, oh, la, la, no, I'm just, you know. So honestly, that's what's out there. And right right now, I was literally looking before we got on you. They were in front of me here on the computer. Forbes is looking for, you know, a medical person talking about gestational whatever. Uh, Vegamore, whatever they are, is looking for which herbs help with hair loss. You know, somebody else is looking, go banking rates, which whoever answers this is going to be in Yahoo Finance and literally around the world. They're looking for personal finance experts with tips for gig workers who work in Uber and stuff. So, like, literally anybody in personal finance could answer that question. They send their, the publicist, the publicist sends it with, my client is a compelling speaker who knows blah, 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 blah. Boom, he's chosen. This is what I do every single day. Now you're in Forbes. Right, right, right Tracy. The irony is that, you know, you get the best coverage for your 
client and especially somebody who has not so great a profile and you get them a good coverage they think they are the biggest thought leaders of the world and and that is because of them and not because of you but oh, when there yeah. is no yeah and when there is no less no coverage they think it's all because of you because you are not working hard enough yeah yeah <laughs> exactly isn't it now yeah. coming from to the to the businesses part of it now that is where i understand i want to understand your uh, you know tips on this that a lot of businesses today are on social media they keep on posting about themselves about other stuff but there are several times you know different issues you know on social issues uh, that they want to comment but they don't know whether they should comment or not comment so from your experience if you can tell what are the you know pitfalls the responsibilities how they should conduct themselves in today's time on a place like social media that is a brilliant question very good question especially over the two years that we've had i've seen people i mean from all kinds of issues oh my goodness to just like go nuts and go off or go, and just really not represent themselves well or their companies well and do themselves great damage right so I also to you know to caveat this I I come from an activist perspective. I started this we'll get into that in another show but you know right. I wrote my first press release we'll not to become, right. not to become a business maven or to become VIP which I you know which I've done somehow but you know to help people. And so I say um it, you got to step very lightly. However, this this is what my guideline. Don't do not get into meme politics. Don't be quick on the on the thing to just oh that looks right and I'm going to share it because 90% I bet you don't know a where it's coming from, who made it, why they made it, or probably much about that issue or who you're going to offend. So do not jump in for nothing. Do not do it. There's no advantage to you or your business, don't jump in for nothing. However, if it is a, a, a something that you personally you know, you whether you personally on socials representing yourself, you know, because that's important, whether you own a business or not, or you as a business owner, if it is something that you personally care about enough that you will stand for it, up for it, that you are confident that you know not just enough to share a little meme that looks funny for a minute, you know, because that isn't okay, but that you would be willing to, if someone called you on it, to get up on a podium and speak for 20 minutes about why that matters. That should be your bar. If that is important enough to you, and you would say, you know what, yeah, even if people are going to disagree, I don't care. My hamburger stand might get less customers, but I don't care because anti-racism matters to me. Because speaking up for immigrants matters to me. Because whatever matters, you know, whatever your thing is, if that's an ethical thing for you, by all means, do it because you will find your tribe. People will respect you more, even if some people, you know, fall away at the wayside and don't like you because of it. Well, not everybody's going to like you in business or in life, right? As long as you're not purposely being offensive. But again, who knows who, in the world we live in today, some people could get offended by you being anti-racist or by you standing up for the right thing. So you can't always, I say, I wouldn't say, you know, oh, just be, you know, never say anything. But that should be your your, your thing. Do not just share things because it's cool, because it's popular, because you think it might be right, or even because you think you might agree with it, especially in this meme culture, because I've seen people share things and I'm like, man, do you know who made that thing you just shared? Like, do you have any idea? What that's coming from? Oh, I didn't know. Well, no, no, before because people are going to judge you based on that, and they should, you know, because you're responsible for what you put out there. So I would say, and this is, you know, my advice is business and not as do it because sometimes you have to speak out if you feel that you should speak out. 
then do it with a lot of thought and care that if I'm called on this, am I comfortable going and being like, yeah, that's right. I did say that. And this is why. And if you're not and you don't want to get in there and you don't think you know enough about it, then you know what? Step aside. Because let them we disagree with something, too, you know, that we don't know. Like, you know, Black Lives Matter, for example, a lot of friends who are without even getting to that issue. But a lot of friends who are like, oh, well, look what they're doing with this and that. You know what? You don't know anything about this or that. You don't know the background. You don't know. So when you say that, when you share that, you just look like you're aligning yourself with the bad guys. So do you really know enough to, you know, do you know and do you really... You know, so like, unless you're really sure that you are well-versed in the issues, don't go there. If you feel well-versed enough and passionate enough that it is something that you would be wrong not to, because I thought it would be wrong not to say, like I have felt, you know, at times, then you need to say something, because otherwise, what are you afraid of? Be, you, you know, what be a, you know what I'm saying? So you have, it's very strategic, but it's from the heart too, and you have to be ready to, like in life, don't say anything you're not willing to back up in business or in life. Do you know it here? Do you know it here? All right, then stand for it. And hopefully, you know, it's a it's something that is about unity and about people and about, you know, your neighbors and not just about, you know, <laughs> whatever is going on these days where people are all like, uh, it's funny, I was going to say clanny, meaning like everyone in their own clan, but actually clanny works too, you know. Unfortunately, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. The whole world is like, I don't even know where we're going right. with not even talking about politics right now, but the world, everybody's right. angry, everybody's at each other, and it's really negative. So hopefully whatever you put out in the world should be about bringing people together and not feeding that beast right now of disunity and, you know, world war. Right. Right, Tracy. So then the challenge still remains for entrepreneurs, for businesses, uh, for the top dog in any organization that they get enough coverage. Uh, for themselves so what are the ways that they can you know become leaders in whatever they do in terms of getting media coverage how can they make best use of the available uh, what you call opportunities to be at the top in terms of media coverage what would, so you what tell would suggest some things that people can do right now if they want to look into it Number one, put together a little paragraph that we call the pitch, which is, again, you know, you can put your, some of your accomplishments in it, but use words like compelling and, you know, great speaker and he can speak and give one or two ideas like, you know, say, like, for example, with me, Tracy, blah, 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 you have my bio. Well, people will be like, that's great. What do you want, a doggy biscuit? You know, so you have to give them some ideas about why, why you'd want to talk to me, for example. So in mine, I say things like, you know, Tracy can speak to how anybody can build their brand without ever spending a penny in advertising. So then they may like, oh, okay, that might be something that they want to hear. So give them a couple of ideas that way you can speak on kind of thing. But have, write, write your little bio, just a paragraph with a couple of ideas on what you like to speak on, things like that. Like, you know, you, know you, you, for example, you speak to entrepreneurs across India and around the world every day. So you have a good perspective on what entrepreneurs are thinking and feeling today and how they're dealing with challenges. That would be my pitch for you, just from what I know from that one. This is our conversation, right? So... Then you go and look some places, write this down. For free is Harrow, help a reporter out. Now, the, the thing with these, you'll see, like, you sign up for, like, an email list. They send you two or three a day. You get a big, long list of all kinds of things you scroll through. Are there any that I can respond to? If there are, the key is, number one, you do it quickly. Don't sit there and write a whole essay. They're writing the article. They just want to quote. And if you wait a day and a half, 
they've already got a bunch of them. I mean, some only get two responses, some get 500, you don't know. But if they've already get what they want, they're not going to go, oh, wow, that was a great response. Let me go back and rewrite my entire article. They're using these so that they can get quick responses. So if you see that, oh, I can answer that. How, like right here, literally just came in front of me. Are you a budding founder or an established business owner who has experience using a coach or a mentor? I mean, a ton of businesses could answer that, right? Yeah. And so if you're like, oh, gee, I could answer that. You sit down, you're like, yep, my name's Bob. You know, I used a mentor for two years. You give them a paragraph. I'm happy to give you, like, you give them a little bit answering what the question is, but not. And then you say, happy to give you more available for an interview. And then they'll be like, if they like it, they'll be like, yeah, I'd love that. But can you give me another hundred words? Or can I do a phone interview with you? Boom, you're in Reader's Digest. Nice. So, like, nice. so that's help a reporter out. That's a free service, Harrow, H-A-R-O. You just go, I think it's harrow.net. But anyways, Google that, help reporter out, it'll come up, it's free. Um, there's a paid one that's about $200 a month called Quoted, Q-W-O-T-E-D. You can just you can just get your feet wet. And this one, this one is mostly UK stuff, but still some of the international. Hashtag journal, J-O-U-R-N-O, request on Twitter, literally just hashtag journal request. And you see a lot, of, again, those ones for some reason are mostly UK based, but I check them too. Uh, another free one is in Australia, funny name, but it's called Source Bottle, Source Bottle. So if you go and look at, uh, and then on the podcast world, if you go look at Matchmaker Podcasts, uh, most of the podcast services cost 10 to $30 a month. Uh, Matchmaker, Oh, I don't remember. There's pod matches, a bunch of them. But basically, so, you know, I spend, I go through all these every day, literally three to four hours a day of my time is going through all these just for all my clients. I don't, I bill every client maybe 10 minutes for that. And then, you know, with everybody paying 10 minutes and I get paid for like an hour, but I'm looking through all the opportunities, getting everybody. Oh, here's three of them for the real estate agent. Oh, here's four for the actress. Here's two for the Hollywood director. Here's one for the landscape guy. And then I send it to them. They answer either by email, by typing the email, or we do a call. And I'm like, you know, hey, Bob, what do you say to, you know, they have, and they tell me, I type it out, boom, I send it to the reporter. You know, I have one agency. I've, you know, if anybody has an agency, but isn't doing this kind of thing, you know, you can come to me as well and white label me. Like I have two agencies I work with now too, actually, but one is really interesting. They're like super high end. They only have like clients that are six, seven, eight figures all across different industries. And, but they weren't doing this. They were doing like digital, doing different kind of thing. And I'm getting them real media. Literally, they understand that it takes time. They paid me for like, you know, a week four days and then about the fifth day in they start boom 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 i got a yes from this i got a yes from in style magazine i got a yes from forbes i mean big big names and they're like whoa i'm like it's all it takes you just gotta give me the few hours to like boom 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 and get it out there and you know sometimes it'll take a month before you know one of the big ones will come back and you know but right 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 tracy in fact there is so much to learn from you to understand from you you know that it can never be the end uh, of, of all the learning. So we will keep some part of it for the future because <laughs> I need to do another one where you actually came into this line with, with the campaign that started so many years back. So we'll do that separately. And then there Don't are so many... <laughs> yes, yes. That is going to come up very, very soon. I'll, I'll get back on that very soon. And then there are different trends that's happening in the PR industry, uh, you know. The future, the we'll all talk about that. But as of now, it's 47 minutes. So we want to 
not end there. There is one more question I just wanted to understand. And then uh, we'll end this particular show. But there is so much to learn from you. My understanding is that there is a dynamic shift happening in terms of what the clients are demanding. Uh, earlier, it was just newspaper or television. Now, what is the biggest shift that you see in terms of clients' demands for podcast from that part of the world? And how does how do PR how is PR agency managing that? How should PR agencies everywhere look at podcasts? Yeah, podcast huge. Yeah, and that and yeah, okay. And I've been educating a lot of PR companies, not even companies. Sorry, like I've been asked to speak to other publicists at groups of publicists and in at student publicists about uh, the special power of podcasts and how. A, at first it was, you know, not to not to not think about them as part of media. But, you know, you have to think about them as media, and I always did. But also on top of that, how. Uh, they have special things that other media don't have and how to utilize that. So basically, I have found personally, number one, because I've been sending people to podcasts for years, my clients, as part of my television. I just saw it as TV, radio, newspaper, podcast, just another kind of media. And uh, then over COVID, I started, like I said, doing increasingly more of it myself, just because I, I'd see, as I'm pitching other people, these ones aimed at small business and from my con- or, or at entrepreneurs or whatever. And from my conversation with so many of them, I knew that that's not, they just didn't understand this aspect or were missing out on this aspect. So I started doing them myself. What I learned from that experience about doing them is, I mean, because, you know, I've done a ton of media, literally television, radio, blah, 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 newspapers around the, my life, right? But podcasts, I have had more people come to me, literally, who said, I saw you on a podcast, I heard you on a podcast a year ago, I listened to you, I just heard a podcast you did six months ago, I really like what you said, I said I want to work with you. This has happened at least 10 times. Whereas from all television, from Rolling Stone, from all these other major media, I've had that happen maybe twice which is really weird, right? Even major, bigger me. So you, but like in terms of somebody actually calling you and saying, I just saw you on whatever, and I want to hire you. This is the difference. Podcast audiences are really committed to what they're listening to, especially business podcasts, especially right. business to business. I don't know what business to consumer is like, but in terms of business to business, the people that listen to business podcasts on your topic really want that information. And they'll follow through on it if they like, you know, what you have to say. What in my personal experience, but also there's a bunch of other reasons beyond just that advertising kind of thing, which is a hundred percent building your thought leadership. You're able to speak at length about what you do instead of just in a like a little two minute. Oh, now we're going to the next thing. Boom, boom, boom. It's not just you know very small and and tight. Um, so you're able to you know educate really, and and, and your personality can really come through. Also, one podcaster was telling me that he had, previous to me being on his show, he'd had somebody on, one of the guys who had invented one of those services that I mentioned, like Podmatch or Matchmaker or one of those, I don't know which one, but he had you know, been the guy that set that service up. And he was saying, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I don't want to go on a small podcast. But he said, that's crazy, because how many entrepreneurs do you know that if you said, hey, I'm having an event down the street, I'm going to have a little stage, there'll be 100 people listening, uh, there'll be 100 people there, you want to get up and talk about your product for a minute? How many people wouldn't do that? 
Of course they would. I mean, they wouldn't fly, you know, to another city to do it, but they'd come down there. Sure, there's a whole, well, with a podcast that's only 100 people today, number one, it's what we call evergreen. Whereas media, like the news, is, it's gone. The next day it's gone. Yeah, if you search it, it's still there. The link is still there, but it's, it's not in the zeitgeist anymore. Whereas a podcast is evergreen. People will discover a podcast in its 50th episode and they'll go back to the first and they'll listen to it and they'll, you know, and they always find it. It's always in all the directories. It's always if you search. So it just, it and those directories are gold. Talk about the SEO, boom, boom, boom. And there's a bunch of links. Right. Plus, like I said, you know, you spent, I spent half an hour talking you know, having a nice conversation with somebody, and then they're gonna put all the nice say all the nice things about me under here, right? They're gonna put the links up. They're gonna their SEO is gonna have it all over the place so that tomorrow when you Google my name, it comes right up. So it's plus it gives me fresh content all the time. If you're worried about you, know, so and it just you know so again it just is it's. A, a huge component of a media strategy. And when I have people, you know, older people or people who don't understand or don't listen to podcasts or don't understand the podcast world. And they're like, no, I'm not really, I don't have time for that. Uh, like, like one of my agency client first said, Oh, my clients, none of them will have time for podcasts. They just want, you know, TV radio. And I was like, can I talk to your clients first? Cause you know, I mean, I'm not going to sell them a shirt to like Bob in his basement. who's just literally starting it. It's his first guest, you know. Okay, if they don't want to do that, I still do those. But if they don't want to do that, that's fine, you know. I, I get it. Like some people want to. But do not say no to podcast. That is ridiculous. Do not do that. Because everything that you want from other media, you also get from podcasts. Plus. <laughs> Plus. And then there are podcasts that get. I don't even know how many millions of downloads, far more listeners than any media anywhere in the world. I don't care if you're in the New York Times, you know, so do not like I, I adamantly argue with my clients if they're like, I don't want to do podcasts. I mean, okay, we can talk about what your boundaries are, like which podcast you want to do, how much time you want me to spend pitching podcasts. We can talk about those things, but please do not not do them because that's just a bad strategy. And my job as a publicist is to suggest that it's a bad strategy. Say, like, that's not a good idea. Like, I hear what you're saying, but please listen to this. Because when you hire publicists, too, you're, it's like you're hiring a lawyer. You know, yes, right, you're the right. boss. You're, uh, but you're also hiring someone to navigate a field that you don't know like we know. Just like you hire the lawyer to navigate the courtroom. You hire us to navigate the media, the first, you know, the messaging, but also to navigate those newsrooms, to, to navigate those, you know, how do we successfully get your message there? It's the same thing. So if someone your publicist is like, oh, that's really not going to fly. Don't maybe listen to why. They may not know. I mean, keep keep pushing. It's a back and forth because, you know, maybe I'll change my mind when you tell me why that matters anyway. Or, you know what I mean? But it has to be a, you should, your publicist should not be, you shouldn't be like, here, put this out, do it. You should have a publicist that you trust and respect enough to listen to their input for sure. Right. Right, Tracy. In fact, you have given a good insight into public relations, into from the client side, from the agency side, and from the expectations, how to manage expectations, and the usefulness of podcasts for, uh, for clients, even for uh, media agencies. I, too, am getting quite a number of queries now, you know, increasingly day by day from a lot, uh, several PR agencies in the country. So that shows that, you know, they are also coming to know, the clients are also coming to understand uh, the importance of podcasts. Exactly. Especially, yeah. especially for people like me who come from a journalism background with a, a background like that of Reuters, CNBC. Yeah, you have a crazy and, impressive and background. And the, and yeah. the of India. 
so that makes it much more valuable for people uh, to be able to communicate through us to yeah. the entire world that they may not be even i being in those platforms would not give them be able to give them the same opportunity that i perhaps can give here exactly so, yeah yeah so we will continue to talk about trends about at every other opportunity that we get tracy there is so much to learn from you and you. then there is obviously that campaign thing i need to talk about but at the moment let me talk about how people in india businesses in india can connect with you and take your help if they want to reach that part of the world or globally Please yeah say. i would love to work with entrepreneurs um or executives or other or pr agencies in india like again if any agencies there listen to me i i'm happy to be white labeled you know where you you don't even talk about me it's just your services you offer and i can get your clients some magic really quickly and then you know while you see me doing that you'll see what i'm doing and you know i'm sure you'll pick up on some of it and then probably instead of doing some of it yourself <laughs> and making some of those connections yourself but i'm happy to you know work with be more than thrilled in fact i had won an award i was supposed to be in new delhi for an award in September but I don't think the gala is on because it's so hot or something I think they canceled the gala for now but um I was hoping it would be my first trip to India so perhaps one day I'll be able to come and do it in person we'll see okay okay I'll put a lot of your information onto the YouTube description so that whenever people go there they can know more oh, about yeah. it. they can reach me sorry at lamorimedia.com or on Instagram Tracy Lamori PR Media or LinkedIn is a, is a great place to connect to Tracy Lamori, or they can phone me. My, if you put my number there, I have a Beverly Hills and a Toronto number. Um, my Toronto number is on WhatsApp. So you can reach out to me on WhatsApp 289-788-5881 or just email me and we can connect. I'm happy to offer a free consultation to anybody who hears me on the show. Wonderful. Wonderful, Tracy. With this, uh, you know, thank you so much for your insights and a lot thank of you. learning for me as well. With Thank this, you so much. With this, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed.